You're listening to How Did I Get Here, a deep dive into our journey to find the dream job. I'm your host, Jason Fish, and today I'm joined by Rachel Kerr, Director of Private Engagement, Corporate Innovation Services at Rocket Space. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks for having me here, Jason. For the people listening who aren't familiar with Rocket Space, can you give us a quick overview of what Rocket Space does? Sure, absolutely. So essentially, um, Rocket Space started off as a co-working space in San Francisco around 2011 and is famous because it's the home of Uber, Spotify, and at least 23 other unicorns. And so, you know, unicorns meaning billion dollar companies. And so Rocket Space, if you will, has been the place that essentially a lot of fairy dust has been where a lot of people found their way from taking an idea all the way to, um, you know, an incredible execution. So with that, a lot of people started coming towards Rocket Space, a lot of large corporations, and they asked, you know, what startups should we be working with and, and how can we be working with them? And from that, the group that I'm in, Corporate Innovation Services, was born. And so what Corporate Innovation Services does is we work between large corporates and startups, and we build symbiotic relationships that help out the startup and the corporate and help them build out new products, services, and opportunities together. And so what does your current role consist of on a daily basis? (laughs) On a daily basis? Oh, man. Well, so we work with a lot of corporate clients and startups, and so it's a constant mix of all different kinds of stakeholders. So essentially, you know, we have our meetings with our team. So we have a small team here of associates that work on a lot of the day-to-day aspects of our projects. But that might include working with a large corporate where, you know, we're working with the innovation arm of a Fortune 500 company and working through the strategy of their vision in the next 5, 10, 20 years. And then also meeting with startups and then talking to the startups about how do they picture their company is growing, what types of prototypes they can build, and then actually working with them to figure out what the ideal prototypes are to build, and then checking in through the status of those and aligning the opportunities together. And so what's your favorite part of your job? Um, My favorite part is it's always... It's actually our role to push everyone to be a little crazier. And, you know, as an innovation nerd myself, um, it's, it's neat to be the one that's constantly telling everyone to think bigger, be more creative. You know, we get to almost be like the coach that's telling all the players to, to run a little bit harder. But then at the same time, we're in the game with everybody else and, and sweating and, you know, just figuring out how to make something work. What are the key stepping stones that have enabled you to get to and succeed in your current position? <laughs> well, you know, that, that's a great question, Jason, because innovation is pretty complicated. And so, you know, I wouldn't think that my particular career is necessary to get there, but I would say it's more about having an interesting and unique background. So a lot of people that are successful in innovation have come from, you know, business, design, or technology, and they have a unique way of seeing multiple perspectives across the challenges that a business might have. And so, if you can bring in multiple perspectives or depth in one of those and have um, an appreciation for the others, then you know that's what really can get you there. Um, in terms of my personal background, I'd say you know I started off in mechanical engineering, and um, 
my research area was specifically product development. So my professor that I worked for researched the methods that you take an idea all the way to market. And so we come up with the best tools and processes to get there. So with that background and with that interest, I spent a lot of time working in, you know, launching products with different large corporates, um, worked for a consulting firm one summer, uh, doing that as well as in manufacturing. And so I started off with a very, very um, technical engineering background. And what that helped me do was essentially have really strong process mindset. And so, you know, coming into strategy and innovation, sometimes it's unclear how you get to the next step or, you know, there's a lot of people who have a big vision, but they don't quite know how to get there. You know, and that engineering mindset of knowing how to take something really ambiguous and break it down into components and actually draw data and conclusions and relationships between all those different pieces, I'd say more than anything has helped me propel my career forward. Would you be able to tell me a little bit about um, your time and, you know, your position at Mark Cuban companies? I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So um, I've had a little bit of a knack for cold emailing. Um, So like um, when I was in school, actually oil was really big and it was around 2008 when all the jobs were, you know, falling off the planet. And basically the only job for a mechanical engineer was to um, be be in oil. And so it meant that I had to spend a lot of time figuring out how to pitch other people the idea of what if I had this cool job or this cool job. And so, you know, a couple of my favorite ones were um, I actually got a job at NASA as a rocket ship designer and then also at BMW as a car designer um, through cold emailing. And unfortunately, because of the market at the time, um, they got the, the, the job market disappeared on a couple of those. But essentially, um, what I did with Mark was quite the same. So um, I was watching a lot of Shark Tank and um, decided to cold email Mark and said, hey, what if you had a product person? And then actually he took me up on it. And so for two years, um, I went from being, I was Mark Cuban's product person in, on, on his Shark Tank team. And so what that meant was, you know, whenever he got a deal on Shark Tank and certain terms were made on the deal or certain promises were made, essentially our small team of um, at Mark Cuban Companies was responsible for the execution and management and growth of those companies. So I came in thinking that I was going to be doing a lot of this product development work that I had done in the past, but actually ended up there. I joke that it's my... um, MBA from the School of Mark Cuban, but essentially um, really working with Mark, I learned how to take that product mindset and turn it into a business mindset and take all of that product and innovation thinking and apply all those processes and methodologies and tools that I had learned in engineering school to business and to, um, you know, operations and to growth of a business. And it was really, you know, solving all those fires that a lot of those different companies saw. Did you find it challenging working with predominantly a lot of engineers originally and then moving over to the business side, working with um, primarily a business team? Did you find any challenges in that? <laughs> that that's a really funny question because, yeah, absolutely. Engineering and business teach you co- two completely different skill sets. And it, t- it took me a while to figure out what I was missing on the business side. So, um, you know, in, in engineering school, 
product is king and everything is about solving, you know, the equation or the mathematical problem or the process to figure out what's missing. And you can always tweak through something and continuously improve and iterate. And if you grind enough, you'll get there. The difference with businesses is it's all about relationships and it's about creating trust and that if you can have the right communication with people and right trust with people, then the product will come along and it really requires that skill set to be able to communicate across the team how everything's going, where there's problems and be able to work together. And so it really does require two completely different mindsets. One is where you trust technology and the other one where you trust people. And um, it's something I personally still struggle with, you know, like trying to think more about the, the relationships first and the product second. But then, you know, it's both are important. If you're not thinking about the product, then you, you can't just have relationships either. Yeah, it definitely seems like potentially a challenging transition, but a rewarding one because um, engineers and, and people in business work together all the time. Yeah, and, you know, they do and they don't because, um, you know, I'd say the difference of working at Mark Cuban companies was that we were working with a lot of really tiny companies, you know, often less than 20 people. So when you're at a small business, you know, engineering and business are hand in hand with each other. If you're at a large corporation and, um, you know, even a consulting firm or somewhere, even with 30, 40 people, all of a sudden, you know, the business challenges don't matter to the engineering team and vice versa. And because you lose that perspective as you scale, you get more in-depth into your focus area as opposed to learning how to work more broadly. And the trick with innovation is you have to have that nuanced capability of understanding the depth and breadth of need to be able to build something to grow. What is some advice that you would give to someone listening who's interested in working in innovation? Hmm. Well, you know, perfection is the enemy of profit is what Mark Cuban <laughs> loved to tell me all the time. And so, you know, it, the, the easy thing to do is to have that dream job and, and tell yourself that you're going to do that and nothing else and like, you know, get really fixated on it. But I think the thing, it, it's really mindset. And so think of any job that you have can be an innovation job. It's just how you approach it. So rather than looking for, oh, your dream jobs at Google or innovation consulting firm or whatever it is, if you can wear that innovation hat and look at where you're at today, and instead of just doing your job or doing, you know, being a student or doing whatever you do, ask yourself, how can I make this better? Or what would I do differently? How could it be, you know, something different? Can we run this another way? And if you can learn how to constantly experiment in your environment and make incremental improvements where you're, you know, making small changes where you're trying things that, um, you know, they're not expensive. You're just like making little changes here and there to see if they're better and learning how to collaborate with a team. That's going to teach you to do big things more than any other brand name or anything else. And so it's just take advantage of your environment and then learn how to speak about what you've done, what you've done, and then you know, if you can speak about it and you can do it, then you'll find that at this very tiny scale of solving problems, you'll be able to be um, given bigger and bigger challenges over time. And before you know it, you'll you'll be in the shoes of we are a rocket space where we're solving large corporations, you know, biggest problems. Many people know Mark Cuban either from the Dallas Mavericks or probably even more famously from Shark Tank. How was it working with Mark Cuban 
and at the same time working with a portfolio of startups? <laughs> um, challenging. <laughs> so Mark has a saying that he likes you to work from eyes open to eyes shut. And so, um, you know, entrepreneurs work 24-7. So there's really no office hours where there's always something always happening. Somebody is always on fire. Um, there was no lack of interesting things happening, that's for sure. But I would say that, you know, typically somebody is on fire. And so you're, you're dealing with a lot of different challenges. And it could be literally helping out an AI company, a cookie company, and a machine learning company and, you know, seven different kinds of companies you're just dealing with throughout the day. And um, it's actually kind of similar at Rocket Space too in that, in that mindset. And it's just helping them as much as possible and putting together as many pieces as possible with them. My final question for you is, what do you wish you had done differently in your business journey thus far? Hmm. That's a good question. So... You know, it's, it's hard to say different because I went after a lot of things and I actually feel good about it. So it's, I'm going to give you one. Hmm. You know, I guess I'm kind of like a no regrets person. So, so it's hard for me to um, have a regret, if you will. One thing I don't regret is going after some really scary opportunities. So, you know, for example, when I was a freshman, I got an internship at Caterpillar and I had never lived outside Texas before. So I went to this internship in Peoria, Illinois, even though my, I accidentally accepted the offer before I told my parents. And um, turns out they were a little upset that I, I hadn't really discussed it with him. And I was just so excited that I didn't even realize that I had done that. Um, I went for that. And then the same thing, actually, I lived in Singapore for a couple years um, as an innovation researcher with MIT. And um, I got that job because my professor that I had worked for in undergrad uh, became the head of innovation for this group. And, you know, I think it's just going for those experiences. And so it's like putting yourself out there all the time. Maybe my regret is not having the courage to go after the experiences that I wanted to. And so, you know, these crazy jobs that I've gotten, it's been from going to the top and saying, I want to do this for you. Like, you seem really interesting. This is such an incredible opportunity. Like, let's give this a shot and being positive about it. And every time I've spun my wheels on it, I found that it's because I'm not going high enough. I'm not thinking big enough. And, and then it's really easy to think like there's something wrong with you or you're not doing something right. But the challenge is instead of minimizing and thinking, oh, maybe I should do something less big. I found that if I can think even bigger, then I'm often able to get there easier. How did you reach out to these different um, companies or business professional to, you know, lend these jobs that you have? Yeah, um, it's been a mix of methods. So when I was in college, LinkedIn was just coming out. So I think people were willing to, um, I, you know, they might actually be just as willing to link now, but I often just cold linked CEOs of large companies and said, Hey, I'm a college student. You know, can we talk for 15 minutes? Tell me more about your job. And, you know, maybe one out of every 20 or 30 of those would say yes. But then, heck, the next thing you know, you're talking to the VP of Disney and, and now, now you're, you're friends with them. And so that's pretty cool. Um, so lots of LinkedIn. Um, you know, there's the obvious, you know, searching around, seeing if you can figure out people's email addresses and cold emailing them. You know, it, it, it's got like a, it does take a, a lot of effort, but there's a pretty neat reward in just talking to different people and hearing what they do and seeing how they can help you in your career. 
you want to learn more about Rachel Kerr, Director of Private Engagement, Corporate Innovation Services at Rocketspace, her LinkedIn profile is linked below. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to How Did I Get Here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the other supported platforms. A new episode will be posted next Wednesday. See you then.